You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Well, it's great to see you guys. We are continuing our uh, message series entitled Revival. So this is part three of Revival. Um, And I'm excited to share something that's been in my heart that actually um, God's been dealing with me in one of these points too. So I figured, you know what? If he's dealing with me, he might be dealing with other people too, right? That's what this this walk is about. We're kind of walking together and learning from God together. So part three, uh, if you have the Connect Community app, it's on there. You can open it up and you can follow along and the the scriptures are in there um, for you to follow as well. Okay. Um, So Revival. Why do we need revival? Why do we feel like that is something that maybe, you know, would be important in our lives? Well, to remind you that of what revival means, if you haven't looked it up in a while, revival means the restoration to use, acceptance, activity, or vigor after a period of obscurity. Revival means a restoration to validity of something lapsed or set aside, such as a legal claim or status. Revival also means being revived. It also means restoration to vigor or activity, a returning to life or consciousness. Now, I don't know about you, but are any of you feeling like this maybe applies to you after two years of a hideout? (laughs) Right? Of obscurity, of us kind of going, do I even come out of my house? Do I go to places? Do I not go to places? I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe some of us here may feel a little lapsed. You know, like set aside, like our dreams had to be set aside or maybe our hopes had to be set aside or life, you know, like maybe next year I'll try again because I know many of us can kind of go 2020 and 2022, 2021 was a wash. Like I don't even know what happened those two years, right? And so maybe it's time for us to actually have a, that power thing, you know, the doctors use. Just kind of like revive inside and kind of come alive again in hopes and dreams that have been just kind of dormant. Maybe it's time to wake those up again. Maybe I'm going to I'm going to challenge you this morning that the search that you've been the the thing that you've been searching for actually is a revival and not so much another thing in your life or another thing that you need to buy or possess. Now, if you were here last week, J.D. talked about the fear of the Lord, right? How the first step for revival, for a spiritual awakening, is the fear of the Lord. Now, not to be confused with being afraid of God, because when we're afraid of God, we actually don't move. We halt, right? And the fear of the Lord really is an awe of God. It's an understanding of who He is, a better, a deeper understanding of reverence as to who He is and what He's placed in you, and then a move into action, Because when we have the fear of the Lord in our hearts, we're not paralyzed by it. We are moved by it. Right? So if you didn't listen to last week's message, I do encourage you to go um, check it out. But the next step in revival, and one of my favorite things to talk about, is the heart. So the next step in revival is a heart check. And I've entitled this message a heart heart check. Because at at the onset, you need to know something about your relationship with God. That God is way more concerned with what's going on in your heart than he is about anything else in your life. And you're thinking, wait a minute. You told me he cares about everything. Yes, 
God cares about everything in your life. But he cares more about what's going on in your heart that produces everything else. He cares about what's going on inside. Actually, the Bible even warns us about this. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 that above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. So is God concerned about where you go to college? Maybe. Is God concerned about where you buy your house or what job you take? Maybe. But he's more concerned about why you're going to that college or why you're taking that job or why you're moving into that house. He is concerned with what is deep inside and what is your driving force for these decisions. He is concerned with your motivations. He's concerned with your feelings. He's concerned with your passion. He's concerned with the will that will drive all of these behaviors um, that you will engage in. Now, the Bible tells us that the heart can be wicked in all its ways. But it also tells us that from our heart flows life and love. And so our heart has to be checked. From time to time, it has to be checked. Now, have you ever gone to lunch with someone and the entire time, it could have been coffee or dinner, but the entire time you are talking to them, they are talking about someone else? Have you heard so-and-so? And that person, and they did this, and they did that, and they did the other. Oh, my gosh, you won't believe it. They got divorced. And the whole time, they're telling you about someone else's life. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been to those lunches. (laughs) But you know what actually is happening? They're deflecting. It's called deflecting. It's when a person is in pain, when a person is bleeding, figuratively, and they cannot actually look at themselves or take time to actually talk about what's going on inside of them because it's too painful. And so instead of talking about what's going on inside of them and actually trying to find some healing, they'll talk about everybody else because then it, the, the spotlight is pointed on someone else and not on them. And then they can compare or they can minimize or they can kind of make them prop themselves up a little bit and feel a little bit better about whatever's going on in their lives, right? By pointing the light on someone else. But the spotlight in our hearts is important. See, we do need to to actually pay attention to what is going on in our hearts. Um, The pain that we feel, that we don't want to process, that we don't want to think about, is actually meant to heal us. It's actually meant to tell us that there is an area that needs attention. The suffering is not permanent. It is purposeful. We need to be able to evaluate those areas in our lives that feel a little icky. See, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. We know this. It says actually in John 8 that Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light. So anytime you come into a relationship or you're, you're walking in this relationship with God, he is light and he will shed light on things. And the Bible says in 1 John, this is the promise though, 1 John 5, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So this is why we can walk confidently into this light that God is shining because the light will always win. The darkness will not. Now I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to ask my friend to kill the lights. Ooh, you're safe, I promise. Right? So this is God. Isn't this an awesome flashlight, by the way? Like... Seriously, everybody needs one of these. Look. I'm going to show you. 
They gave me too much power. Okay, so this is Jesus in your heart, right? And when you come into a relationship with God, you're walking about your life. And you're not paying much attention, and everything is fine. And then you're walking with him, and he's doing one of these. And, you know, doing one of these. And all of a sudden, now some of you might have noticed my little thing here, which has fallen. Let me put it back. Some of you maybe came into the room and you noticed that. Some of you may have not. But it's what kind of like what God does. He comes into your heart, and you're walking about life. You know, everything's fine. And all of a sudden, there's an issue. There is something. And, uh, and something, this something didn't bother you before, but now for whatever reason, it bothers you. And like most of you in the room that maybe didn't notice that thing, you noticed everything else. Now the rest of my talk, you won't pay attention to me. You'll pay attention to that. Will it fall again? <laughs> right? But there's that, that X. And God will do this. You'll be in a... You know, you'll be walking with God and you're praying. And then in your prayer, every time you just remember this. And it's kind of annoying. Right? Because you're like, I just don't want to deal with that, God. I don't want to deal with that. I want it to go away. But it won't. And God keeps saying, hey, you got to deal with this. This is keeping you back. This is holding you back from my purpose, my plan for your life. You have to deal with that. But then you go, nope. Oh, ain't this pretty? This is, look, God, I'm good here. Look, God, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this and the other. It's wonderful, right? And then God goes, yeah, but you have to deal with that. But I don't want to deal with that. You can turn the light on. Otherwise, we're going to be in the dark for <laughs> Guys, the suffering, the pain, and the light is meant to produce wholeness. It's meant to clean out those things in our life that don't belong there. The Holy Spirit's job is to purify us. He works to purify us. Those behaviors that are... Sometimes we do these things over and over in our lives and we can't figure out why. Like, why do I keep getting stuck? Why, don't, no matter how much I try, I keep doing the same thing and I end up, Paul talks about the thing that I want to do, I don't do, but the thing that I don't want to do, I do. Like he, he mentions this in scriptures and I've thought about this. You keep kind of spinning your wheels and you end up in the same place, right? Because there's something that needs to be dealt with at the root of it and God has been trying to shine his light in that darkness to heal it. But sometimes we just don't want to do it. We just want to ignore it. We want to bypass it. We think that it's going to get fixed on its own. I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not here to accuse you. That's not what he is doing. He's not trying to accuse you and tell you what bad human you are. That's not it. The Holy Spirit is there to heal you. And healing comes from dealing with things. Healing comes when we face those things and we deal with them and we process them and we allow God to take them. We release them to the Lord. So we're not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today in, in these points, but I have three major things that every follower of Jesus is going to face at some point 
It's gonna need, he's, he or she's going to need to deal with it. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. But these are three common themes that I've watched people over and over. And not only once. It's not, this is not a um, fix and go. You know, you're done and you're... No, these come often in our lives. And it's areas that the enemy finds to keep us bound. Bound to sin and then not free. Right? Therefore, not free. Not free to do what God's called us to do. The first area that I want to talk about today that nobody enjoys... Is forgiveness. What a painful thing to do. Right? Let's be honest. Forgiving people is not easy. It's depending, obviously, on the depth of the, of the issue of what they've done. I mean, it can darn right feel impossible. But it's not. And I want to I show you from scriptures our, um, our um, responsibility. Right? I want to show you from scriptures our responsibility. It's in Matthew 18, verse 21 through 35. It's a little long, so follow along with me. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Him thinking that was amazing. Seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. I don't know if you've done the math on that, but math on that, but 77 times is a lot of times. Um, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found out, he found one of his fellows, servants, who owed him a hundred silver coins, way less. He grabbed him and begged, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw the other servants saw what he had done, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. The master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that, all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Need I say more? Right? I mean, comparatively, the Lord has forgiven us of a debt we could not pay. No matter how much hard work, no matter how much you tried, no matter how much I tried to act and behave a certain way and be perfect. I mean, the law was, per, you know, was, was for that so that you could behave, you know, right and be right in righteous standing. But no one kept the law. We can't. No matter how much we try, we would never be, have been able to pay the debt that we owe the Lord. But he has forgiven us. Now we turn around 
to somebody who may have done us wrong, and I'm not minimizing what they did. I'm just maximizing who God is. Right? Did they hurt you? Yes. Right? Maybe they never even asked for forgiveness. And you're like, why would I forgive? They don't even care. But that's not what it says. You were forgiven before you knew that you had sinned. God has made a way for you before you knew. It is our responsibility to forgive in order that we be forgiven. Right? The Lord has forgiven us. We are responsible to forgive. Forgiveness is our way of life. Actually, I want you to repeat with me. Say, forgiveness is my way of life. That is how we live. Forgiving before we're asked. Before they know, before they realize that they messed up, before they can come and ask for forgiveness, before the guilty party, you know, finds himself guilty. It is my responsibility to forgive. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying we're called to it. Their guilt, their posture does not determine ours. Our status of forgiven determines our stance. The second thing that afflicts our hearts often and that Jesus will shed a spotlight on and you will have to deal with is bitterness. Now, bitterness is an anger, a disappointment at being treated unfairly. This resentment. This can develop if you feel entitled to something and you don't get it. Right? If you feel like somebody owed you something or you deserved something and you don't get it. And bitterness is sneaky. It settles in kind of quietly. You know? And all of a sudden, you just... You don't live well anymore. And the Bible tells us this for, in uh, Acts 8.23. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Like it has a way of entrapping you. There's another passage that says in Job 21.25. that says another dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. Think about that. Bitterness has a way of stealing your joy. Have you ever run across, like we like to... It's usually like older people. But have you ever come across that person who's like really bitter? How was your day? How are you doing? Oh, today sucked. The weather's terrible. I got out of bed. My coffee machine wasn't working. And my grandkids, you know, like the list. You're like, I was just being nice. I didn't really want to know. Hi. Right? But there are people that you know when they're coming. And you're like, can I turn the other way? They're just bitter. They, they don't find joy in life. There's no joy in their life. So bitterness does that. It just steals, and it makes them nasty, right? And so if you look around in your life and you haven't seen joy in a little while, if you're like, I can't seem to feel um, the happy feelings, you might want to look around and see if there's a little bitterness sneaking in in some area doesn't have to be a total you're a downer but sometimes it just has a way of sneaking in right and you notice I haven't really been enjoying life search for it search for where the bitterness might be sneaking in and stealing from you stealing the joy that God has for you because your life was meant to be lived with wonder and awe your life was meant to be lived 
or you wake up in the morning and you see the sun and there is something in you that stirs with a bit of joy. That's what you were designed for. And the last one that is very sneaky as well, and this is the one that the Lord has been speaking to me lately. See, when you are in this walk with God, especially if you've been in this walk for a while, and you know that God is good in the depths of your soul, you know he's good. He's been good to you. And you can actually probably make a list of things that he has done in your life and how he's shown up and been good to you. But then there's maybe this one area or this thing that you've been praying for and you've been asking him to show up in and he hasn't. And the Bible talks about this in Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. This I call unfulfilled hope. This is when you put your expectations and your hope in the Lord and he's taking too darn long. You know? Like you believe. You believe with all your heart. And you believe. And you keep believing. And you keep standing. And you keep going. And then you're like, where are you, God? But you know that he's good. But he's not showing up. So am I a fool for believing? Is God a liar? What's going on? Has he abandoned me? Do I have to take care of this on their own? This is where Abraham has Ishmael. Most of you have heard the story of Abraham and Isaac and the beautiful promise that God gave Abraham. And God gives Abraham a promise that he will have a son and it will melt, you know, he will be the father of many nations. And then years go by. Years, not months, not days, because we know if we don't get our food right now, we're mad. Right? But years go by, and the promise doesn't come. So they take it up to this house. Let's just do it ourselves. Here's, let's go this way. Hope deferred. When you're waiting on the Lord, and he does not fit your timeline. And then your heart becomes or starts to get sick because you don't know what to do with that. Because either I'm a liar or God is. Either I'm a fool did I hear it wrong? What? Right? And you're kind of stuck in this place. And then the walls inside your heart begin to build. And you just start to build, build these walls. And all of a sudden, you look around and you're trapped inside. You didn't keep really anything out. You kept yourself locked in. And then... Your heart all of a sudden is sick. You have a hard time believing that what he said is true. And then once unbelief settles in your heart, then you're alone again. You're kind of doing it alone again. Because, I mean, what's the point, right? So these three areas today are areas that I believe God wants to, us to do a heart check on. It's a heart check for this new year of 2022. What are we going to do this year? What is it going to look like? Are we going to allow unforgiveness to kind of steal the promises and trap us? Are we going to allow bitterness to steal our joy? Are we going to allow this hope that doesn't seem to, to line up with what God said and happening and I'm confused even? Like, what are we going to do with it? Because the reality is that we can get bound in these three areas 
and not move forward. And 2022 will be another year like all other ones. And we don't want that. We want to walk into it with expectation. We want to walk into it with freedom. We want to leave behind all those things that trap us and walk towards the light. The light that overcomes darkness every time. Every time. So today, I asked JD to come and lead worship. And I'm actually going to walk you through the exercise of what to do. I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do. Because it's not. And I'm not saying that it is a one-time thing. That you're going to do this here. And then you're going to go home and everything is fine. I'm dandy. I'm super happy and free. No. But it is a process. And there's a way to go about it. There's a way to walk into God's freedom. And there is a way to let go of these things in our lives. And so we're going to do it together today. I'm going to ask you, JD is going to start worship. And I'm going to ask you to do this here. And I'm going to ask you to do this at home. Same exact way. When you feel like it's time for another heart check, you go into the presence of God and you do this. And we're going to do it all together. So JD is going to lead us in worship. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And we're going to go through the first part. The first part is forgiveness. So you're going to ask the Lord, God, pull out your flashlight. Search my heart. See if there's anyone in here that I need to let go of. Is there anybody in here that I have not paid attention, but I'm actually really angry at them. And I need to forgive them. I'm going to give you a few minutes while he worships. It's you and God and no one else. You can say it out loud. You can whisper in your soul. God sees you. And the reality is if it's somebody that really, really, really hurt you, you're going to have to make a decision even though you don't feel it. Even though you don't want to. Forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. So it's up to you to decide to let them go. So while we worship, I'm going to give you a few minutes and then I'll come back.
for bringing these people to mind. Thank you, God, that you want to heal our, our hearts. And you want to help us live in our purpose, God. We do let go this morning of anyone that may have hurt us. They may have not seen us. They may have neglected or acted unloving. We release it to you, God. We don't have to understand. We don't have to fix. And we're not saying it was okay. But we do say you're bigger. You're powerful. And we want to be healed. It's better to not pretend. So we bring it to you, God, because you're still good. You're still a good father. And you're still present. And you love us in our pain. And you love us in our when we're strong and when we're weak. So we bring them to you because we can trust you with those feelings. We can trust you with our emotions. And we surrender the hopelessness. We surrender the deferred hope. We surrender our hearts to you this morning, God, because you care for us. And you want to guide our steps. And I thank you that we're not forgotten, no matter what the enemy whispers into our ears. We are never forgotten. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. And help us to see with your eyes. Help us to understand like you. Help us to listen. Help us, God, to be engaged. Help us to trust. To trust you when we see you and trust you when we don't. God, we lay our expectations. We lay them down. And we know that the best is still to come because you win in the end and we know God the darkness cannot overcome the light and we're children of the light and so we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts Lord we thank you that we are made new and we thank you that revival is ours because it is your promise we thank you that we don't die in trapped we don't die in sin but we are made to come alive you have life for us and you have freedom and those that Christ has set free is free indeed Thank you for your freedom. Thank you for your peace that resides in us no matter what's going on in the world. We thank you, Jesus, for being present in our lives. We love you. We worship you. Amen. So as we dismiss, I just want to encourage you. It is simple. It's not hard. Well, no, it's hard. Not complicated. It's simple, not complicated, sometimes a bit hard. But it's just that each day walk through go to God's presence be honest with him give him the stuff do a heart check and allow revival to take over your life allow Jesus to do a new work in you this year and we just wanted to walk it out with you this is what we do that's it just walk into God's presence and go hey God deal with this with me would you help me it's that simple Amen. We love you guys. We love you. We do hope you join a connect group this week. So if there's anything you want to chat about, that's where we do it. We chat about stuff. And we allow God to continue the healing work in us. Amen. So good to see you. We'd love to see you outside um, if you have time to talk. If not, you have a wonderful week. We bless you as you go out this week. Amen. Love you. Bye.